Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Father God, would you bless all that we're a part of, God, but even beyond that, Father, would you bless this time right now, Lord? You, it, was, it, was, it, 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 was, uh, it was clear, God, that you were uh, present in our time of worship, God. I was inspired during that time of worship, God. My heart was moved, Father. I, I felt a need and a, and a desire to, to, to speak with you during that time, and I pray, Lord, that in the same way we experience you in worship, God, that we'd experience you in the preached word this morning. Bring joy to us as we talk about joy in this third week of Advent. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. We're also going to look at Matthew uh, chapter, chapter 2 as well. So Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, if you have those, that will be great. While you're turning there, I'm just going to kind of uh, ask us a couple of questions. And I'm going to ask you to participate with me in this question. The first question I want to ask is, what brings you joy? What brings you joy? We're going to talk about joy this morning. So what brings you joy? Now go ahead and just shout some things out with me. What brings you joy? Family? Friends? Somebody said a crush on somebody? First days of spring. Something about worship. Freedom to worship. What'd you say? Chocolate. Chocolate brings you joy. All right. Giving love brings joy. Sleeping. Who says sleeping? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sleeping brings joy. What brings you joy? Picking a day to hang out with your friends? That's awesome. What brings you joy? Ricky and Ricky bring you joy. I want to just go ahead. I want to attest to this. I want to attest to this. Ricky and Ricky bring a lot of people joy. They bring a lot of, they bring joy to the room. Amen? Amen. If you got to know Rick and Ricky, you know they bring joy. They bring joy to the room. That is true. That is true. You got to, got to write a song about that or something. That'd be great. That'd be great. We, uh, we went online and just sought out some of the answers to what brings people joy. And here are the top 10 the top 10 ways to add joy to your life. Number one, uh, by the way, um, this does not, mean, does not mean I endorse them. It just simply means Google said yes, okay? Uh, number one, go talk to a stranger. Okay, how many people would find joy in that? Meeting somebody brand new. Meeting somebody. Don't be creepy about it. Don't be creepy about it. All y'all just went to the stranger danger. Not like that, just meet somebody new. Meeting somebody brand new, all right? Some people bring, how many people, that is not joyful at all? You're like, ah, my anxiety just went through the roof. Anybody, anybody? Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Number two, somebody, some old-fashioned male, you know, the kind that has a postage stamp on it. People, that's joy given to you, yeah? You're sitting there writing it and licking it, stamping it, putting it in the box. How many people is that? Come on. How many people, when you get something like that in the mail, that brings you joy? Yeah, okay, all right. How does that even work? All right, yeah, we'll figure that out. Bigger postage stamps? All right, here we go. Uh, three, uh, watching the sun come up. We find joy watching the sun come up. Anybody? Anybody just find joy when winter is over? Anybody? Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, four. 
going to a theater, going to a theater. Anybody might find joy in that? By the way, if you find joy in that, if you'd like to join me, me and my family on Friday night, we're going to go see the opening of, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who, who, who said it over there? I heard it. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars opens up on Friday night, and we have, we've rented out the whole theater, and we're excited to go. If you want to be a part of that, just let me know afterwards. We, uh, tickets are available. It's going to be great. We did not personally rent it out. Someone else rented it out, and we're going with them. So come and be a part of that. Number, number five, volunteer, volunteer. Anybody find joy volunteering? You probably volunteering in things that you really love to do, right? Because it's volunteering. You don't have to volunteer for those other things. But you just some place you love to serve or you love to help out or a good cause, and you want to go volunteer. Who finds joy in that? Finds joy in volunteering. All right, we like to see you. Can't wait. Uh, number six. <laughs> number six. Exercise. I want to raise my hand, but I, I just want to. I just want to. Uh, number seven, I'm going to shout for We might even, like, somebody might fall out in the spirit on this. Number seven, turn off the electronics. I knew some people would get excited. I, I never saw your hand go up so high, Mom. Look at that. Look at that. Come on, put them up higher. Put them up higher. Notice none of those people have a, have a smartwatch. Come on, anybody notice that? Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, number eight, number eight, go shopping. Don't, don't condemn the people who find joy in it, all right? All right? I find joy in it. For every, I'll help you out. For everybody who does not enjoy going shopping, just give me your money. I'll shop. I'll shop. It's great. It's great. Uh, number nine, trying something new for the first time. Trying something new for the first time. Try, some people are like, uh-uh. Some people just dug their heels and they were like, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. All right, and then last, and last, last, spending great time with great friends. Anybody? Great time with friends. These were the, the top 10 ideas that Google said, if you're looking to add joy to your life, here are the top 10 ways to do it. I believe that, uh, that many of those things were, by the way, um, we stopped at 10 because after that was not like, um, not it didn't fit within, the, the suggestions didn't fit within the pulpit, you know what I'm saying? So, so we stopped at 10. But I, I, I believe, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily endorse all of those things as the things that really give joy, but I believe that list is, is pretty good. There's, there's something on there for everybody. Something probably adds a little bit of joy to your life. Um, peace on earth brings joy. All right, Google did not agree with that, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, okay? I'm with you, but check this out. So I, I actually, I, I want to say that I think that list is pretty good, but, but I believe that God actually had a, a, um, a full concept of joy when we look at the scriptures we're looking at this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, Luke chapter 2, starting in the 8th verse, says this. And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby who is wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love this story when we get to it every year and we, uh, we, we kind of, partly part of the reason why we love it is because of the season that we read it in, but, but also part of it is there's something like, in the purest sense of the word, there's something magical about this moment. There's something that is just beyond, it's, it's absolutely beyond the norm and it's beyond the ways we can even kind of get our minds around it. It's just like, wow, like the majesticness of this moment. But uh, this morning, I want to really look at the concept of joy and the ways that God intended joy to be. And so as we look at this, we, you know, we focus a lot on verse 10 where it says, the angel says to them, do not be afraid. And we start by saying, well, why is the angel needing to tell them don't be afraid? And the response to that is because they were, <coughs> did I lose you on that? <laughs> they were afraid. I mean, I mean, the last time an angel showed up to me, I was like, ah! You know, like, expect me to see this, right? And so uh, the angel shows up before them and says, do not be afraid. The messenger of God who, who speaks on God's behalf says, what's about to happen is amazing. What you're, what you're about to witness is going to change everything. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit terrifying because everything that we understand right now is going to get inverted. And it's a little bit terrifying because we have no control over it. And it's a little bit terrifying because we have to actually recognize that God is coming present for a reason. And it's a little bit terrifying because maybe there's question even within me about whether I am ready for what God is going to do. But God's response to us is, fear not. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. Be at peace. Why? Because I bring you good news. I bring you something evangelical. I bring you something that is meant to be, uh, meant to cause a response from within. I bring you something that is bearing witness to something greater. God starts off this story through his messenger by saying, you need not fear because what's about to happen is great. The words good news comes, we, we translate that, we translate good news, but it, it, means, uh, it, it means something that is, that, is, uh, that is deeply rooted in the goodness to be proclaimed. It is deeply rooted in the goodness claimed. It is worth shouting about, right? Um, when I walked into the Welcome Center this morning, um, and I would have done this for all of you, by the way, so please don't know one sent me an email saying, you didn't do that for me, Pastor. I would have done it for all of you. But somebody walked in who I hadn't seen in a while, and I got into a little dance, and, and I got going like this, and, and I was like, wow, like this is, this is special, now, I thought I would have been the only one who done it, but then when everybody else saw her in church, everybody else came over like, ah, we missed you, right? You feel that way about anybody who's away for a week or two, and all of you are looking at her right now. Yes, welcome back. It's good to have you with us. Amen, amen. But all of you, all of you, we feel that way about every time we're away from somebody, but look, look, this is kind of what this is about. It's like, it's 
and it's worth bringing joy about. Kevin alluded to it when he was, uh, uh, was it, was it, was it, Ke- no, it was, no, it was, uh, Ricky alluded to it when Ricky was making, I don't want to be the one killing the time of fellowship, but something that is so sweet about our church is that you actually like being together. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, you look at each other, you're like, I like you. Like, I don't just come because they give food after church, or I don't just come because they have a talking head up there, or I don't just come because the music is great. I hope that you come in part because of all those things, but, but you, part of the reason why you come is you actually like each other. It's crazy. Like, you sit close to each other. Some of you sit really close to each other, right? Like, and that's awesome. And like, you enjoy the, the, the beauty of that, like, there's something that's worth shouting about. And that's what, that's what the, the, the angel of the Lord is saying. Like, what's about to happen is so good. It's so good that you, you should be filled with anticipation for it. You should be filled with, with a sense of like joyful pride about it. Like, this is it. Everything we wanted. Many of you experienced this feeling a couple of years ago and then haven't experienced it since. You remember that time when the, the Eagles were playing and they made it? I'm not taking a shot. They made it to the Super Bowl, right? You remember that? You were like, this is it, everything I've been waiting for. I mean, I've never seen green so green. Like, you guys were so excited about it. And then when it looked like they were losing, it was like, ah. And then the angel of the Lord spoke, and you're like, yeah, you know, foes forever, you know, like, this was it. But you understand this concept of, like, something that fills you with such joy, you can't help but shout about it. You can't help but be overcome with it. Many of us experienced that joy when we had our first child, right? Like, that sense of, like, oh, I knew this was going to be great, but this is beyond what I understood. And that, that feeling might have faded when, when they became toddlers. But, but, but early on, like, yeah, like, wow, this is awesome. That's kind of where, we, where we're picking it up in verse 10. The angel of the Lord speaks, says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news, and this good news will be news that will cause great joy for all the people. And that's really what I want to hone in on this morning. The good news that you and I are singing about in church and the good news that you and I are like clapping about, by the way, pretty rhythmic in their clapping today. I was, I was super impressed. Um, I, I was trying to keep beat and I couldn't, so I was really impressed that everybody else was good. You guys are much better at that than I am. But the good news that we, you know, that we gather together with joy about, the angel of the Lord, when first speaking about this good news, says this is good news that is meant for all the people. For all the people. Um, You'll remember back a couple of weeks ago, a couple of, really, really about a month and a half ago now, we had that chili cook-off, and, uh, and, and a couple of you came in as runner-up, and that was really good. Um, and, and, and by the way, I've retired from chili cooking, and so just going to ride that on, on, out on top. But so, so I, I, there were a couple of chilies that I really enjoyed, that, that I did not make. I really enjoyed them. And I went to one person who I really enjoyed her chili, and I said, could you tell me how you made it? She said, that's a secret recipe. And I was like, and I, I didn't know what to do with that, because I was just like, what does that mean? Like, if you tell me I can't tell somebody, or does it mean you're not going to tell me? Like, how's this going to work out? And, and what she really was saying is, I have no idea how I made it. I just poured a bunch of things in, and it turned out good. And I was like, I understand that. That's what I did, too. And, uh, but, but there was this concept of this, like, no, 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 that, that's like, 
the secret sauce. There's one of my favorite cheesesteaks in Philly. Uh, it's actually not in Philly, but it's really close to Philly. It's, in, it's I don't know what this is over here on Belmont Avenue, but Mama's Pizza, uh, which is really should be called Mama's Cheesesteaks because they don't make pizza anymore. So, but but anyway, that place over there that sells cheesesteaks. If you go there and you order a cheesesteak and then you ask them, how many of you have had Mama's Cheesesteaks? Okay, if you haven't, there's just a it's a good kept secret. It's really close. Go check it out. But if you go there and you ask them about the cheesesteak, they'll they'll tell you, hey, like you know, we have really good cheesesteaks. And you say, well, what what's in your cheese? And they say, I can't tell you that. And I'm like, well, I just want to make sure it's not dietary, like, like I don't have a dietary reaction to it. And they're like, well, mm, order it or don't, but I can't tell you what's in it. <laughs> wow. And I tasted it, and I was like, I want to know what's in it. But there was this, this secret that was like, we're not telling anybody about it. And I, I dare say, I think at times we as the church have held the gospel that way. I think at times we as the church have been like, man, this is so good. This is so sweet. Like being together as family and, and like, like what God is doing there is so cool. I ain't telling anybody about it. Like as if we were going to run out of the coolness or the family atmosphere if one more person joined in, right? I believe when the angel of the Lord was speaking here at the very beginning of Jesus' interrupting our time on earth. The angel of the Lord declared that this is meant to be something that is shared. It's meant to be something that is proclaimed because it's not just good news for the four that had appeared that he appeared before, but it's good news for all the people. For all the people. Now, <clears throat> I want to dare say this. Many of you understand that. Many of you understand that this is good news for all the people. Many of you find creative ways to share the good news from everything from like your social media accounts to the way you interact with people at work to the, to the notes that you pass. And, and uh, like, uh, many of us, really many of you, fantastic in how you share the good news. But let me invite all of us into it. Matter of fact, let's, let's try this right now. Would you think of one way, just one way, not a hundred ways, not the best way, just one way this week that you could share the good news? Just one way this week. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about like hypothetical. I'm talking about true and practical. Like what is one real earnest way this week where you could share the good news. Maybe that means you're standing in line in the grocery store and you look at the person behind you. Maybe you even need to get strategic about where you stand in line because of what I'm about to say, right? Like <laughs> my, the cart might be too big for what I'm about to say, but you look at the person behind you like, I'm just going to bless this person. And you, and you literally are like, I'm buying their groceries today, right? And as you're buying their groceries, you share with them, hey, I did this because I know the experience of the love of God that's been shared with me. I wanted to bless you, right? And that invitation you give them, that opportunity to experience the goodness of God, maybe that's how you do it this week. Maybe there's somebody who you know who's really down and you know, life is not going in the right direction for them. You're just like, I'm going to be intentional to bless them. I'm, I'm going to invest in them this week. Maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you've got somebody you're really close to, you're just saying, like, I just need, I want to get them 
with me on a Saturday night at Wissahickon or on a Sunday morning at church or I'm going to get them ready for, for a Christmas Eve service. Like you're going you're gonna to be intentional to make the invitation and to do what you can to get them to be a part. Is it that you will share the good news? Now, now those, are, those are entryways, right? Maybe you've, just, you've been gearing up for this. And there's somebody God has had on your heart for a long time. You're like, Pastor, I didn't know you were going to preach about this today. I'm like, I didn't know it either, so here you go. There's somebody God has had on your heart, and you're, you're ready to actually ask them if they have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Like, you've had the conversations. You've been like, hey, like, I know how life is going, but I've never actually asked you the most important question. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus in a way that changed your forever? And you're ready to ask that question this week. But what I want to do right this moment is I want to pray over however it is that you will bear witness to the gospel this week. Because I don't want it to just be like, oh, pastor asked this question, we thought about it. I actually want to seal this in prayer right now. That you and I would go forward this week in one way, one opportunity to say yes to sharing the good news. Let's pray for that right now. Father God, I pray for our congregation. I pray for myself as well, Lord God. I pray, God, that uh, the same way that, that, that the angel of the Lord said that this is good news for all people, I pray, God, that we would believe that this day. And so we've been thinking of some creative ways that we might share the good news this week. God, I pray that the things that we thought of, you would seal on our hearts, God. I pray that you would you would you would burn it into our you know burn burn it into our minds and, and and put it on our lips, God, or however that saying goes, that that we would be ready upon the opportunity, God, that we would that we would be looking for the opportunity, not because oh I got to go back and report to Pastor how I did it, Sharon, but because I believe that this actually is good news, and this is good news for all people, and so everybody needs to know the salvific nature of God. The fact that he can and that he will, the fact that he desires to, to, to turn life around, the fact that he desires to invade our every day. Oh, God, I pray that every one of us would have an opportunity this week and would take, capture that opportunity this week. We're not too young. We're not too old. We're not in a society that is, that is too, uh, uh, you know, uh, PC for us to, to actually ask important questions about, like, have you yielded your life to the only one who can give you life that is full? God, I pray this morning that however it's on our minds and hearts to go forward this week with it, that we would be proactive in sharing the good news. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is the good news? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. All right, great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah. The, the angel of the Lord declares, and, and uh, Luke attests to it, that, that, that the first recognition of Jesus is that Jesus is the Savior, that he's the Savior. The Savior for what? Why do I need a Savior? What is, I mean, like, life is pretty good. What do I need a Savior for? You might actually have thought that yourself. You might have thought to yourself, you know, like, I got life together here. Like, everything's kind of lining up just fine. Why do I need Jesus as a Savior? I got Jesus as my buddy. I got Jesus as my mentor. I got Jesus as somebody who said some great words, kind of like the Yoda of 
effect, like, I just can just follow the Jesus guy. Like, why do I need a Savior? I want to say it this way. Jesus is God's answer to a chasmic problem. Jesus is God's answer to a chasmic problem. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says there's a major problem. The problem of life is this. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now friends, I want to help us make sense of that. For all, that means everyone. Included in everyone is, you can say it with me, me. Me. Not just me, but me. Right? Included in everyone is all of us. For all of us have sinned, and by definition, sin simply meaning done something in some way, thought, action, either, both, that is opposed to God's greatest desire for us. So sin doesn't have to be the big, the bad, the ugly. Sin actually could be things that are naturally good, but not in God's greatest desire for us in that moment. Yeah? Yeah? Like when I started talking about cheesesteaks, and y'all just stopped thinking about everything else we were saying, just thought about the cheesesteak? I'm not saying it was sinful. I'm just saying I wanted one. So. But, but I mean, sin actually it doesn't have to be the big, the bad. It doesn't have to just be the things you hear on the news. It doesn't just have to be like the things you heard your neighbors say or do. Like sin is actually the, anything that is moving away from God's purest desire for us. And the scripture says that not just some, that everyone, that for all have sinned and have fallen short of God's greatest desire for us, fallen short of the glory of God. That's a problem, folks. That's a problem. And I know it's not fun to talk about. You say, this is supposed to be a message about joy. It's about to be. But we got to understand, like, the reason, why the, the, the reason why we need a Savior is because there's something that we can't do on our own. We can't make right the wrong. We can't fix the problem. The chasm is too wide and too deep. We can't overcome that. God understood that. He understood that before he kicked anything into motion. He understood it. This was not a surprise to him. It wasn't like after thousands of years, he said, oh, oh man, they need a Jesus. He got this. And he interjected into time. Let me say it this way. When Jesus came upon this earth, it interrupted everything. Maybe that is part of his intention upon coming upon our life as well. When Jesus steps into your world, life gets interrupted. What you understand shifts. What you participate in changes. The way you think is, is turned on its axis. Like God is doing something. God's answer to the cosmic problem was a savior was a Messiah, was the Lord. We call him Jesus. If it were Easter Sunday, I would say, do you know him? Do you know him? We call him Messiah. We call him Savior. We call him Lord. But do you know him? And we could get going on that. We're not going to today. We'll say that for Easter Sunday. But, but do you know him in that way that as the Messiah and the Savior and the Lord, the one who has come to make right the problem of life, that we all have fallen short of God's greatest glory, God's greatest desire, which is glory. And so we turn and we say, Jesus, I need you. 
Jesus, I need you. Now, now, if you and I are scripting the story out, Jesus, I need you doesn't come in the form of a baby born to the woman left, uh, you know, you know out, outside of the, the, the realm of normal. Like, he, he doesn't come in that situation. As you and I drafted out, Jesus comes with, with power and authority, and he, and he you know, he swings the sword, and, 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 and he sets people free. And, and, and we picture it in a little bit of a different way, probably, if we're the illustrator of the story. But God's the illustrator story. And it starts from the beginning and it moves to the end. And it starts at the point in which Jesus comes in, in what many would say would be the, the most uh, vulnerable situations. And God stepped into it. And God interjected it. And God declared through his voice that this is something that is going to bring us joy. This morning, I want to take us back. Let me take you back. Go for that walk with me, if you will. Go all the way back to when the story of Jesus was new to you. For some of you, it was like felt graph. Anybody remember felt graphs? No? Some, some of y'all didn't want to admit it. You're like, yeah. All right, flannel graphs? Flannel graphs? Flannel graphs. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all fabric to me, you know? <clears throat> for some of you, it's that. For, for some of you, are like, what is a flannel graph? You're going to go Google that, YouTube that, check that out. Um, you know, for some of you, it was that. For some of you, it was, you know, it was a campfire in the summer, and you were away at camp, and you went to camp just to get away from home, and you started singing these songs, and before you knew it, you were like, I'm hearing about this Jesus guy, and everybody seems really excited about him, and, and I want to be excited like them. And it was the first introduction to the Jesus story. Some of you were probably doing some things you don't want to confess in front of all of us. You were caught up in a movement and you're responding to the hippie movement, and you went to the Jesus movement. Anybody? You don't have to, okay, you don't have to tell us that's you. It's all right, it's all right. We, we understand. And then, you know, for, for some of you, just, you know, mom and dad told you from the, from the time you were born, you were like, I, I heard about Jesus from the, from, from the cradle and, and all the way forward. I've been hearing about Jesus. So you kind of, you heard about him from the very beginning. But go all the way back to the, the youngest of memories that you have about Jesus. Remember the joy that was with that? Remember how like the idea of Jesus eradicating sin in your life or making things right or, or you know, like Jesus being present just brought you joy? I dare say that childlike joy is intended to carry forward into our adult-like crisis. Let me say it again. That childlike joy when we met Jesus is intended to carry forward into our adult-like crisis. That when our world is falling apart, when things aren't going the way we planned, when, 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 when the other side of the world is calling us, this thing that we still find ourselves rooted in is the joy that can only come from the Lord. The joy that comes from the Lord is not situational. It doesn't change when our circumstances change. It is the constant and it is the true. It is the source in which true joy comes. That's the Lord. When, when the angel of the Lord speaks, he doesn't actually say that the joy that comes with the Lord will come when things are going well. Matter of fact, when Jesus has entered into the world, the way in which he enters into the world, he enters into chaos. He enters into something that is life-threatening. And he is the one who's bringing the joy. Like, the situation is not what defines the joy. It is the steady presence of God 
with us in which we find joy. The reason why you understood the joy of the Lord when you were so young or that when you first heard it is because you were beginning to be exposed to the presence of God, and that presence of God brought you joy. But sometimes we get so complacent in the presence of God that we miss the joy that comes with being in his presence. Maybe today we need to confess and say, God, I've been coming to you. I've been a part of what you're doing, but I've missed fixing my eyes on you as the one who brings joy. Let's continue on. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel and they praised God and they shouted, saying, glory to God in the highest of heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor will rest. And this is their response. Friends, check this out. When they experience the good news that God is interrupting the world and everything is going to change, they shout it out. Glory. They shout it out. They're filled with joy. They're overcome response is they're going to sing. They're going to shout. They're going to cry. They might dance. They might fall. I don't know how that goes. Something crazy is going to happen because they're responding to the nature of God, the miraculous nature of God. How do we respond when God shows up? How do we respond when, when God does the miraculous? It might not be the, the, the big miracle. It might be the little one, if there is such a thing as a little one or a big one. It's just the miraculous nature of God when God shows up in your world. How do we respond? I had this experience the other day. I was driving. Uh, I don't even remember where I was driving, but I, I, oh, it was just yesterday. I was driving. I was driving. Uh, it doesn't matter. I was just driving. And, and I had, um, Nathan was in, in the back seat of the car. And in the truck, and, and, and Nathan, yes, I keep him in the back. He doesn't ride in the front yet for everybody who's judging right now. Like, he's in the back. And he reached forward. We'll talk about the rest of that later. But he reached forward to, to adjust the radio, in which I was like, Nathan, you cannot reach from the back seat to the front seat. Something is wrong with this picture, right? I said, what do you want? And he's like, Dad, put on the music. Put on the music. So I put on the music. And he's like, no, not that music. Put on the music. Put on the music. And I turned it on, and I knew what he was asking for right away, but, but I wanted to entertain him for a little while first. And so eventually he turned it on, and, and he just started singing. And if you know that Nathan all, you'll know this about him. Like, he just, you know, look at the birds, you know? He just starts singing, you know? And just kind of, he's just out there, right? Just enjoying, enjoying life. And he's, he's sitting in the back, and he's singing. He's just, like, singing these worship songs with us. And I'm just like, man, this kid is just overcome with the joy of the Lord while he sings the same worship song on repeat. Like I'm just like, this is just awesome. And in its pure, in its simplest form, like he's just singing along to a radio. But in its purest form, he's responding to God interrupting his world. He's responding to God showing up. He's overcome and shouting out in ways that make sense for him because he's responding to God showing up. Has God ever done something that's been miraculous in your life? Has he ever taken a situation that seemed hopeless and you're sitting here today and attesting to the fact that he turned that around? Has he ever, has he ever uh, said yes to something that you were pretty sure was a no, yet he made a way. He made it happen. 
Have you ever prayed for consistently for days, weeks, months, or years? And God saw it through. Our response to the presence of God is an overwhelming sense of joy. Joy. God, I'm thankful. God, I'm overcome. God, I'm overwhelmed by it. If you got Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read this really quickly. Matthew chapter 2, looking at verses 10, 11, and 12, you'll see this concept again. In Matthew chapter 2, he says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then having been warned in the dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. But when they saw the star that was going to lead them to Jesus, they were overjoyed. They were overcome with joy. They were filled with joy. And I want to say it this way to us today. When we see the work of God, in our lives, when we experience the dense presence of God with us, our response is we're overcome with joy. Sometimes that joy leads to singing. Sometimes that joy leads to dancing. Sometimes that joy leads us to our knees to praying. Sometimes that joy leads us to someone else to speak with, but we're overcome with the presence of God, the miraculous nature of God, and we're filled, filled to the point that we respond, and we respond joyfully. In this case, they were overcome with joy, and they were moved to pursue God. They were moved to seek after God. They were moved to go in the direction that they believed God was there or going to be present. Matthew 1.21. Child will be born and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Friends, if there's nothing else I can say to you this morning, it's this. The reason that we find joy is because God found joy in saving us. God saw joy in saving us. God chose to save us. God desired to be present with us. God paid a great price in order for us to experience the joy of his presence. Let me ask you three questions as we end. One, does the finished work of God in your life bring you joy? Can you celebrate what God has done in your life? Maybe we've lost sight of what God has done. Maybe we've lost sight of where we once were and where God has brought us to or where God is sending us to. Does the finished work of God bring joy in your life? Two, do you really confessionally believe that Jesus is the answer to the biggest problem? Do you truly confessionally believe that Jesus is the answer to the biggest problem? And three, 
since we are made to respond, made to be people who respond. How will you respond this week to the good news? Since we are made to be people who respond to what God is doing, how will you respond this week to the good news? These three questions aren't meant to be hypothetical or just ones that sit out there. They're meant to inspire you to move forward this week. They're meant to give you action steps to take as you move along in pursuit of the one who has come to pursue you. This week, be filled with the joy of the Lord. Experience God in the little and the big. Hear and see the presence of God when you see the people ringing the bells and you see people exp- expressing generosity. When you sense this, pl- this sense of like people are actually nice during this month, that's pretty cool. Ex- understand that part of that is the presence of God. And, and matter of fact, when you see somebody who's not experiencing that, understand that might be an opportunity for you to be and bear the presence of God before somebody else. But this week, let's respond to the gospel, understanding that God has come to give us joy, joy not in anything else except rooted deeply in who he is and what he has done. What Google said the top 10 things are that'll bring you joy. Let me tell you the number one thing that will bring you joy in life. Yield your life to the one who gives us joy. Yield your life to the one who is the gift giver. Yield your life to the one who came because there was a problem that none of us could solve and that the only one who could make it right was God himself. Yield your life to the one who thought before you ever thought of him, he thought of how much he loved you. And he said, in that very moment, I love you enough from the beginning in time until eternity calls us all together. I love you enough that I'll pay the greatest price that you might experience the joy of being in my presence now and forever. Yield your life to that. Father God, I pray right now, I pray right now, God, I pray right now that every one of us, every one of us, God, will be overcome with the joy that can only come from you. God, that our life will be full and filled with the presence, the dense presence of who you are, God, that we would experience you in ways that we never had before, and we would offer you the gift of our life and offer that gift to others that they might experience the full presence of God. God, I pray that this week that somebody would experience the salvific nature of you, that someone would hear the invitation to say, I surrender my life to Jesus, and that invitation would come from somebody who's sitting here today, that somebody here today would be like, I am ready to invite somebody else into a life that is eternal, that can only come from God. That somebody who's sitting here today would say, I'm ready to let go of things that are past and move to things that are forward because I know that God is doing something that is great. That somebody sitting here today might say, when I turn that radio on, I'm going to be like little Nate and I'm just going to sing. I'm going to sing as if nobody was listening. It doesn't matter who's listening because I'm singing to the one who gives me joy, who satisfies life, who's called me back to himself. I'm singing to the one who loved me enough that he surrendered and yielded his own life, that I might have a life that's with him forever. God, I pray that this morning that every one of us would be inspired to say yes. Yes, God, I see where you're at work, and I desire to be a part of it. I desire to move in your direction. I desire to be where you're asking me, responding to the gospel. God, I say this earnestly before one another. God, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the family bond that exists here. And I'm thankful for the ways in which people find joy in being around one another. And I'm thankful for the commitment that we see from one another to say, I'm I'm faithful 
to saying yes to what God is doing right here in our midst. And I desire to see that go forward. So God, we pray big things ahead. The greatest of which is that many who don't yet know you would be invited to know you and would respond to the gospel. The good news that they fear not because the news you're bringing is good. Really good. Jesus, enjoy the rest of this time as we respond to this morning's message by songs of worship. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.